Your top stories on Blitz this hour. The build-up to a momentous Soweto derby continues. South African teams face a tricky weekend in Super Rugby. The Proteus men and women prepare for important matches. Novak Djokovic leads the charge into the Dubai quarterfinals. And Yates defends his lead in UAE as Pogacar wins a stage. The Emirates Lions get their four-match Vodacom Super Rugby Tour of Australasia underway against the Waratahs in Sydney. Both will be fresh and hungry to return to the field after enjoying the weekend off. For the Tars, it was a chance to regroup after losing all three of the opening matches that sees the 2014 champion sit bottom of the overall log on zero points. The Waratahs will hope for a turn of fortune in order to avoid becoming the second Australasian Super Rugby side in the past decade to lose four matches on the trot at the start of the season. It will be an uphill battle for coach Rob Penny as the Sydney-based club have not beaten the Lions since March 2014 and the last time the two squared off in the Emerald City. The team from Gauteng were victorious 29 points to nil. That will give a young Lions team plenty of confidence as well as their last performance against the DHL Stormers where the Johannesburg side succumbed to an 82nd minute Ruanel try. For Ivan van Rooyen and co, it's been a patchy start to the season. One win out of three matches with their only victory coming against the Reds. The Lions have named a strong touring squad with the likes of Captain Elton Yankees, Willem Albert and Yanni Duplessis, the experienced heads amongst a young group. With a dark cloud hanging over the Bankwest Stadium, the Waratahs will look to light up the field in front of their own fans, while the Lions will aim for a positive start down under. The Jaguars have rung the changes for their clash against the Vodacom Bulls, with the men from Argentina making a total of nine modifications to their team. Joel Clavi will start for the first time for the Jaguares, while Julian Montoya, Guero Petty and Marcos Crema will be involved from the start. The men up front will be crucial for the Jaguares, with the Bulls expected to have a strong pack, which could be a key area of the game. The backline will look to their general for direction, with all eyes on Joaquin Diaz Bonilla. A strong bench has also been named by the men from Argentina, with the likes of Domingo Miotti and Juan Cruz Maria looking to make an impact. While the Reds only scored their first win when they beat the Sunwolves in Brisbane last weekend, the Celsi Sharks will go into their fourth match of their Super Rugby Australasian trip, knowing they will have their work cut out against a physical, combative forward pack that's developed steadily in the last couple of years under the guidance of All Black Lock Brad Thorne. Although they lost away to the Brumbies, Emirates Lions and Jaguares, the Reds showed signs of improvement to such a degree they could challenge for the Australian Conference. James O'Connor is maturing well at fly half and will demand attention from the Sharks' back row. And big wing Henry Spate has caught the eye in the last few games. The Sharks will do well to remember that despite their solitary win, the Reds scored 10 tries against the Sunwolves last week, which will ensure a team confident on attack and playing at home. The Sharks came out of an eight-try thriller with the Rebels on the right side of the scoreline with a 36-24 win, despite being down to 13 men just after half-time. This was their third win in four games. The play of the forwards and the quality of the defensive effort has taken turns to come out of the spotlight in the three tour matches. That focus should ramp up in Brisbane. Coach Sean Everett has made five changes to his matchday squad. Springbok resting protocols are the source of two of those changes, with Kanya Am returning to lead the team after sitting out the Goodwin in Ballarat. He replaces Jeremy Ward in the number 13 jersey, while this time round it's wing Makazolim Pipi's turn to sit out. Veteran Bakluazi Mbovo makes his first start of the season as Mpipi's replacement on the left wing. Louis Schroeder returns to the number 9 jersey, swapping with Sanele Nohamba who moves to the bench. 
Both last week's flankers, open side James Fenter and blind side Tyler Paul, have been replaced by the exciting young talent Dylan Richardson and former free stater Henko Fenter. This will be the 21st meeting between the two teams since 1998. The Reds win in Durban last season was their first on South African soil against any opposition since 2011. And it was their 11th win, with the Sharks winning eight games all told. Three of those wins for the Sharks have been in Brisbane, while the Reds have won seven times at home. Since 2007, the teams have alternated wins in Brisbane. If that trend continues, then it's the Sharks' turn this weekend. The Stormers are the team to catch after four rounds of Super Rugby. John Dobson's men have been superb in 2020 and are the only undefeated team left in the competition. Topping the log on 17 points, three clear of their nearest challengers, the Crusaders. They've captured four wins from four in this campaign, their most recent being a hard-fought 17-7 victory over the Hagiwares in Cape Town. Well, here comes Jonches. Now it's a foot race. Can Buffalo catch him? I don't think so. Brilliant play that from the Stormers. Perhaps a little lucky that they'll take the five-pointer. The South African outfit next faced the Blues at Newlands. And Dobson has made two changes to his pack for the clash. Tight head prop Wilco Lowe and Lock Chris Van Sale both come into the starting 15, with Franz Malhab and Salman Murat moved to the bench. There are two new additions amongst the reserves in forwards Quenzo Blas and Quibus Visser. While the former champion Blues have been notorious underachievers in recent times, they have put up a decent challenge this year. They've secured two victories, including a surprise 23-21 win over the Bulls in Pretoria. Thanks to a penalty after the Peter from a Terry Black. Bowles raised his hands and over it goes. Heartbreak for the Bulls. Elation for the Blues. Edge of the seat stuff and you can just see the emotion there on the face of Nizel Kobaka, what it means to both these sides in particular. A big win for the Blues. There's more Vodacom Super Rugby action coming your way live on Super Sports. Round 5 will see the Lions tackle the Waratahs in Sydney, the Reds and Sharks do battle in Brisbane, while the Stormers host the Blues in Cape Town. The Proteus women's side are in Canberra and readying themselves for their second match of the Women's T20 World Cup against Thailand on Friday. The team goes into the game on the back of a victory over England in their opener as they chase down the target of 124 with six wickets and two balls to spare. Proteus all-rounder Marazan Kapp said that the team produced an almost perfect performance. So everything just went for us. Um, we didn't put one catch down. I think our ground feeling was good. The bowling plans, the fields we set, like I said, um, everything just worked. Hopefully now for the rest of the tournament we can just improve on everything. The Monica Oval in Canberra will play host to the Proteus Pool B clash against Thailand and Cup admits that it's not one of her favourite grounds. Yeah, I played here for the ACT in the Provincial um, League in Australia and we previously had a tour here in Australia where we played one game here as well. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of this weekend. <laughs> it's a bit flat, um, but hopefully our, our batters will enjoy it. The Proteus are the undoubted favourites for the clash, but Cup says that they can't underestimate Thailand who have so far suffered losses to the West Indies and England at the tournament.
Yeah, look, they look quite a good team in the field. Um, a lot of spinners. Um, you, know, you can't take any team lightly in this World Cup, so we, we have to start all over again. The Proteus women's side meet Thailand after beating England in their ICC T20 World Cup opener. England then face Pakistan in Group B. With the T20 series done and dusted, the Proteus and Australia turned their attentions to the ODI arena. The sides went into the final T20 in Cape Town with the series locked at one match apiece. But the Aussies dominated the decider to give them plenty of momentum ahead of the 50-over contest. South Africa's most recent ODI series was against England. And while the hosts won the opener in Cape Town, the second match in Durban was rained out. England went on to win the game at the Wanderers as the series ended all square. The Aussies meanwhile lost their most recent series to India in January and will be determined to hit back against the Proteas when the two sides face off in the opening match in Paul on Saturday. South Africa and Australia turn their attentions to the 50-over format when they do battle in the first of three one-day internationals. Catch the action from Eurolux Boerland Park live on Supersport. Top seed and world number one Novak Djokovic met seventh seed Karol Kachanov in the quarterfinals of the Dubai Duty Free Championship. Australian Open champion has yet to lose a match in 2020 with 15 wins on the trot. Russian Kachanov has won seven and lost five matches and his ranking of 17 hasn't changed since November last year. And he was given little room to manoeuvre in the first set as Djokovic took full advantage of a nervous start by the 23-year-old who's beaten the Serb once in their three previous matches. Djokovic broke twice to lead 5-1. Kachanov seemed to settle in the seventh game and managed to break back but that only delayed the inevitable as Djokovic broke immediately to take the set 6-2. It stayed on serve until the fourth game of the second set when Djokovic showed his class by getting out of a tricky situation with a beautifully weighted lob to break Kachanov. And he kept his foot on the accelerator through the rest of the set, controlling play and sending Kachanov scurrying across the back of the court before claiming a place in the semi-finals with a 6-2, 6-2 win in 66 minutes. It was an all-French affair in the Dubai duty-free tennis championships when Gil Monfils took on Richard Gasquet. The talented Monfils would have fancied himself against his countrymen in the contest and he couldn't have asked for a better start. Monfils broke the Gasquet serve twice in the opening set to seize control of the contest as he closed it out to take the first one, 6-3. The second set was a mirror image of the first, as Monfils outpassed Gasquet, who simply had no answers to his countrymen. The contest was wrapped up in an hour and 13 minutes, with Monfils taking it in straight sets. 6-3, 6-3, the final score. The second round of the Joburg Open on the Sunshine Ladies Tour was played in hot and breezy weather at the Soweto Country Club. Monique Smith started the day in third place on one under par and found scoring a lot tougher in the second round, although her round of four over par 76 in the end was good enough to put her in second place after two rounds on three over par. 
Seven shots ahead of her and in a class of her own was Sideri Vanova, the Czech Republic. After opening round of 69, she picked up two birdies on the front line to be on four under at the turn. She then went on a roll, birding 10, 11 and 12 to move to 7 under. But the increasingly windy conditions and the unique challenges of the Gary Player design course saw her struggle and she bogeyed the next four holes. She closed with two pars to cart a round of 1 under 71 and beyond 4 under par after two rounds. Yeah, it was a tough day today. Uh, I lost the momentum on the back nine. It was like around, I don't know, 13 holes. I just lost the momentum and then I made a couple bogeys in a row. So... Just uh, after a couple of birdies, I was sad about it, but that's golf. It happened. Sideri <laughs> so Vanova will take a seven-shot lead into the final round of the Joburg Open. Zen Botan, Kim Williams and Lindy Kutsia are a shot behind Smith, tied for third place. Stage 5 of the UAE Tour saw riders take on 162 kilometers from Al Ain to the summit finish at Jebel Hafid. After an arduous journey, the break hit the base of the climb, two minutes and 15 seconds up on the peloton. James Knox took the opportunity to break away from his peers, and with just under nine kilometers left, the British rider went off on his own. Knox's solo ride didn't last long, as he was caught four kilometers later. From there, it was a fight to the finish. It is the second that's going to take them up towards the line, gets on the pedals, Bogaccia wants to give it one last go. Who got it? Well, it's like throwing new, his arms in, in celebration. But I think Bogaccia could well have got that one. That one's going to go all the way to the photograph. What an exceptional finish. Can you imagine a sprint finish of that type at the conclusion of stage five?